spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, my friend. Used to be wet, now it is sunny outside. That is absolutely correct. Things are turning around. I see an 80 degree day next week. And it goes right down to 60. It's okay. <laughs> Get my pickleball in. That's right. Hey, we all got in the car today. And uh, the entire show, uh, I know Becky Lynn was working, so so she didn't go with us. Um, but everybody else, we, we went to, to a downtown Phoenix and saw the homeless encampment with our own eyes. Yes. Okay. We thought it was important. This is something we've been talking about for a long while now, especially, you know, after the New York Times came out with that piece um, that talked about... You know, a burning fetus that was near this homeless encampment. All the drugs, uh, all all the mental illness, everything going on down there. So we decided to drive through it. And I got to tell you, man, it's as sad a story as I've ever seen. It is horrifying how big this encampment has gotten. It has grown so much. There is at least a thousand people down there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know how else to say this, but they're just they're lost souls. Now, I know that many Abandoned of them... Abandoned in some ways, too. And they've also know? put themselves in this situation. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Look, there's personal responsibility yes. that goes along with this. I, I, I grew up in a home that was full of drugs. My father lost the battle to drugs. Those were choices that he made, and, and he made alone. Uh, he had family that helped him out. Uh, but it, these... You put yourself in that position. Yeah. And some of it is mental illness, but yeah. I think a lot of it is mental illness because of the drugs. Here, And that's part of it, too. So when we were down there um here's at least what i saw it was about 50 percent white 50 percent black uh i don't think any human being should live like this i saw a guy smoking meth on the street we definitely saw drug dealers um you know there aren't any sidewalks to walk on because that's where all the tents are set up and so what people do is in front of homes by the way yeah. Some of them were occupied, some of them were abandoned, but they were actual homes. Imagine living in your street yeah. where you have street people in front of you smoking crack, yeah. fighting, fornicating, defecating, and that's in front of your yard. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, these people were kind of shuffling through the middle of the street. And I don't know if they I don't know what they do with their day. Um, but I also discovered, at least in my mind, why they were in this part of Phoenix. One of the reasons they're in this part of Phoenix is uh, there's two or three organizations right there that feed them. Cass, uh, Andre's house, there was another one. Um, so if you think about it, if you don't have a place to go and you want to get a meal, this is where you go. Yes. I think this is where you go to get drugs. I think this is where you, you you go to get some food because they open up and they give you food, which is which and is great. But also, this is where it is. It's also out of the, the line of sight of we saw no cops down there. No, we saw today. no medical. We saw. Well, remember, we, they were all down there yesterday because yeah. a body was burning in one of the dumpsters we saw. But there are dumpsters everywhere. There's at least that. Yeah, that's good. But we saw Not for a dead no bathrooms, body. by right. the way. No, no, no potter potties. But we saw no 
there was nobody trying to, you know, marshal anybody or look around. So it is one of those places where if you're going to live like this and this is, you know, you've got to at least be here because if you go up a block, there's beautiful grass, there's gorgeous manicured bushes and all the buildings for the state agencies and the city and stuff and nary a person there. No, no. But there's garbage in the street. Yes. There's people urinating on the sidewalk. Uh, they're just, you know, we saw some prostitution. It's very sad. It is. It's very sad. And our elected, you know, political folks couldn't to, see this area. They need to go down there. Yeah. They need to check it out. There's no question because it's only going to get bigger. I saw a lot of people in wheelchairs and walkers, and there was like a couch set up, almost like a little living room. There was a couple of those places. Yeah. There was people who had several tents combined with each other, as well as music blaring like it was a carnival atmosphere in a couple yeah. different places. It, it, was, uh, it was dire, man. Yeah. And when you look into the eyes of some of them, you, know, you can see that there's definitely mental illness. Yes. They're talking to themselves. You could also see they're high as a kite, some of them. Uh, and you can also see, you know, a few of them, I don't know what they're story is or or maybe it's not drugs or alcohol or something like they just looked hopeless like like sitting dead under, in their eyes yeah they were just they were zombies they were walking around yeah in the middle of the street just ignoring your vehicle just zombie like so yesterday um we spoke to a man who's got a business down there joe falachi yes the falachi okay so he owns this sandwich shop and you know yesterday we were kind of picking his brain about, you know, because there are things that are happening around his business. It's just, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Okay, so he said, we asked him, we said, Joe, what, what's what's going on down there? You know, what is it like outside your, your shop? It's really, really bad, you know, because my customers sit out the back porch there, and they're eating, and people are doing all sorts of weird things. What are they doing, Joe? They're defecating, they're peeing, there's a lot of screaming. A lot of uh, yelling, a lot, of, and there's occasional fights and occasional clothes being taken off. All right, so we went to see Joe today. That was part of what we wanted Wonderful to do. Wonderful guy. First of all, the place is awesome. It's got such a unique style, and it's exactly what you'd want in a kind of that cool deli feel. The old station. But he's also got pictures on the wall of when they first built it. Yeah. And there was, first of all, there wasn't a lot around there, but to where it is now, and uh, yeah, they've built some stuff around it, but man, if you took that picture today in the background, all you would see is a ton of tents. That's what you saw. That's what you saw. So we went down there for lunch. The whole team went down there. Uh, we wanted to put a little bit of money in his pocket, um, but we also wanted to meet him and say hello and say, hey, listen, thanks for coming on. We support you. What can we do for you? We met his wife, Debbie. Remember what he told us yesterday? Yeah, he said, don't uh, I'll, I'll play this. That's what Joe told us yesterday. Joe Falacci has been our guest owner of Old Station Subs. We're going to come down for lunch. Chad and I are going to go. We want to shake your hand. We'll give Debbie a hug and, you know, maybe just give you guys some support. Don't hug her too much. I won't hug her. She's your, she's your wife. I'll be very, very nice. <laughs> Chad, I can't promise. Chad is a hugger. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'll do the handshake. Chad might hug. Hey, I'm a hugger, too. So we went down there, and of course, you know, Debbie walks out and goes, "Where's my hug?" So you and I, we, yeah, we gave, gave her hugs. hugs. Yes. Uh, you know, you, do you did you hear what he did today? Yeah, we, were, we which I thought was awesome. So Joe Falacci and his wife Debbie, they own this place um, right near the homeless encampment, um, and I guess uh, Jerry Brown, who we know from St. Mary's Food Bank, went in there today to buy lunch, kind of like we did. 
Everyone's, some love. Everyone's hearing what's happening down there, and hey, let's go to the old sandwich, right? So Jerry Brown goes in there, gets some lunch, and Jerry's been on the show a million times f- f- with us from uh, St. Mary's. Joe Falacci hands him 200 bucks. Yeah. His business says, I give to you guys all the time with the food and stuff, yeah. and, and she wants to show love. His business is being hurt by this homeless encampment. There's no doubt about it. But he still digs into his pocket and gives $200 to feed them. I got to tell you, guy's got, uh, he's got, he's got a wonderful heart. Yep. Good dude. You know, cause makes a great could, sandwich, by the way. Had the is. Italian today. It's great. Absolutely fantastic. The eight. bread was amazing. <laughs> right. It was yummy. Yeah. And I just find like he sees the homeless people walk by, you know, he's telling us somebody got, somebody got hung up on a fence that he had to get. Yeah. Lady got hung up on the right. fence. But what he does still, he's like, here's 200 bucks. If I was three blocks the other way, I'd sell the place for a million. Now I can't even sell it for 150, but I'm going to give you 200 bucks because you came in from St. Mary's. I want to make sure people get fed. And by the way, Joe has hired people off the streets. He has that that, that work there. Yeah, and because you know, again, uh, he's he's got a great heart. He's he got does. a great heart. Makes a great sandwich. All right, coming up right now, time for five spot. Here's what we're looking. We'll change it up a little bit. All right, call us if you're a parent. Uh, here's what we're looking at. More and more parents are giving their children a mental health day. Don't go to school. You can take a mental health day. Have you ever given your kid a mental health day off from school? Call us at 277-KTAR. We're also looking for the parent. Would you give your kid a mental health day if they asked for it? Yes or no? 277-KTAR, 602-277-5827. Join us. Five Spot is next. And Chad. Brought to you by Parker and Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. All right, five spot. This time every day we put you on the spot about a news story everybody's talking about. Arizona has a chronic absenteeism problem. Now, part of it, and it's 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 not the biggest part of it, but there is a part of it where parents are saying, you know what? Uh, my kid asked for a mental health day and I'm going to give it to him or her. Well, there's a lot of mental health days, man. You're giving your kid 20 mental health days? Yeah. Okay, so here's what we ask. Call us if you're a parent. Have you given your kid a mental health day? Let's find out what we got. Uh, Dave in Phoenix. David, uh, have you given your kid a mental health day? Uh, I have not yet. Uh, he's, he's a little small for that. Okay. But I totally would in the future. Why? Um, because, you know, really I'm thinking back to myself to high school and stuff like that. And I could have totally used that. And I didn't get an opportunity to, to clear my head for a day. Um, and I, I totally would, I, right. I would give that to my child. I want to, I want to do that for him. All right. Interesting. Appreciate that. Thanks so much for your call. Let's go to Holly in Scottsdale. Holly, would you give your child a mental health day? Absolutely not. No. Okay. No. Why have they asked or are you just totally against it? No, my, well, my kids are, um, my son's at NAU now. My older daughter is um, has graduated, but had they ever come to me with something like that, I would hope that I would first um, know that they were distressed mm-hmm. prior to them even having to ask. So um, I would think outside of that, it would just be an excuse. Um, but we would definitely have a conversation, but they wouldn't um, be able to, you know, command when they, have a mental health day or any other 
you know, day off. So Holly would say no, but let's talk about it. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, uh, Jeremiah Goodyear, would you give your child a mental health day? Uh, me and my wife are both teachers, and uh, we give our kids mental health days every week. It's called Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I keep thinking. My man, uh, Jeremiah, I like it. That's the way to go. It's the same thing, right? Like, that is the weekend, right? That's what mental health... Like, how hard is recess? I'm just curious. Steven and Goodyear, would you give your kid a mental health day? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, and I actually already have before. Okay. Uh, the main reason why, I'm going to say, and it's just a simple uh, statistic... In the 1950s and 60s, whenever we would test mental health uh, in adults, we actually found that in today's society, children are actually at the same stress levels or cortisol levels that these adults had that were actually being admitted to, like, sometimes, you know, mental health facilities. And the reason why is because of social media. Mm. Even though our children are at school, social media never goes away. And so that is a constant, like, stressor for them. So sometimes eliminating the environment, which is school, and allowing them to be home is a good way to probably have that conversation. Like what Holly was saying, you could have that conversation at home now, but maybe they're not willing to have that conversation with somebody at school or they don't feel comfortable having it with you because they think you're just going to push school constantly on them. Okay. Does okay. that make sense, so, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's appreciate that. Just a second. So, you know, Chad and I were talking about this the other day. Mental health days. Do you give your kid a mental health day? And you were all like, no. You know, you got to fight through some stuff. Um, you got to go to school when you're uncomfortable. Um, and, and you know. Well, we don't like, ask them to go to, to work when they're uncomfortable. Right. So why should we ask them to go to school? Well, Stephen said times have changed. That's, that's what he said. Times have changed. Social media has changed everything. And maybe kids do need a mental but health day. But isn't it funny that. We'll give you, we won't take social media away from you, but we'll give you a mental health day from school. So, yeah, take social media away first. Yeah. It's very interesting because I don't, listen, I, I know that a lot of people need a mental health day here and there. Okay, fine. But I guess I'm just old school. I push through it. You push through it. I've even had anxiety problems, you know, for not, not for the last 15 years, but, you know, 15, 20 years ago was pretty bad. And I just kept pushing through it. Maybe that was not the smart thing to do. Well, I think it but is if you if if it's going to become crippling in your life. Then then I get it. Then you need to get help. Yeah. One day off help. from school is not going to help. You. No, no. And we talked a lot about, you know, you're talking about children that are like seven and eight. Like how hard is recess? But you don't even know, man. Recess has become crazy. I mean, every day the pressure to be tetherball champion over and over <laughs> is it's eating me up. But you talked about somebody who was, uh, you know, their their boyfriend broke up with them and they needed a week off. Almost. No, that's that's crazy. Yeah. That's not right. Appreciate Thanks, everybody. Calls. All right. Coming up next. Uh, what is it like to patrol the zone in downtown Phoenix? The the encampment where homeless people have kind of taken over. There are a thousand people down there. We're going to talk to a retired Phoenix police sergeant who used to do that next. We went down there today, took the whole crew to check out the zone, downtown Phoenix. Uh, the reality is, as we describe stuff to you, there are people that have worked there and continue to work there. Joining us now, Michael Sheehan, retired uh, Phoenix police sergeant, who used to patrol the zone in downtown Phoenix. And uh, Michael, thanks for joining the program today. Uh, I think people need to see it for themselves. It is eye-opening, and you patrolled down there for uh, many a year. Yes, I did. Uh, glad to, to be on here with you guys. I love you guys. You guys are great. Appreciate um, it. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh, people down there are down and out on their luck. And uh, then, of course, you got the drug dealers, like you talked about, and the prostitutes and all that other criminal activity down there. 
My uh, my folks uh, that worked for me down there on bicycles, uh, we used to have a bicycle group that would work there in two in pairs, and uh, Kathy and uh, Carrie would uh, would work that place and take care of a lot of problems. But it was back in the late nineties. What it is today, I can only imagine. When I first patrolled that as a, pl- a patrol officer was in uh, the late seventies, early eighties, and the uh, encampment was no bigger than the backyard of the cash shelter. Hmm. I mean, it was it was not that big, but it has exploded because of a million things. But yeah, it was it's tough. I I, I wish that the 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 county and the state and the city would get together and do something with this. But to you know. If there was an easy solution to it, it would have been done already. Hey, what do you think the cops should do now? There are a thousand people down there. There are hundreds of tents. You know, we went down there for a period of time today. We didn't see any officers. That doesn't mean that, you know, yesterday there were a ton of officers there because there was a body that was burning in a dumpster. How how do the Mm -hmm. cops these days, how are they supposed to patrol the zone? What are they supposed to do? Well, if you can imagine being down there 10 hours a day, four days a week, either on day shift or night shift, uh, it's tough. But they don't have the assigned officers down there anymore like they used to. Uh, I was part of a a neighborhood resource unit, NRU, that worked out of 333 East Jefferson. And we took care of all the downtown events. And we also had officers assigned to places like the homeless shelter area. And the two officers that would work for me down there, they got to know all those people, first name basis, and and they enjoyed seeing them. And they would help people out. Um, But, you know... We've seen this on TV a number of times. Uh, people go down there and do documentaries, and no one's doing anything about it. You know, it's, And then we had people that would show up in their Mercedes-Benz from Paradise Valley, uh, stop in the street, pop their truck lid open, and start pulling out their clothes that they don't want anymore from their uh, walk-in closets. And <laughs> these people would co- come over there and surround them like a covey of quail. Oh, somebody's going to give me something. And they would take these clothes from these people. And they were good-hearted people. They just had no idea where they were at. Mm. And I'd run a, a couple of my officers over there just to make sure that nothing bad happened to these citizens that were giving out these clothes. And then the next day, for several days thereafter, we would go back to work, and the clothes were strewn all over the street. Wow, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Talking to Michael Sheehan, a retired uh, Phoenix police sergeant who used to patrol the zone in downtown Phoenix. You know, you worked back in the day when, you know, there was crack and meth. Now you've got fentanyl on top of that. They've got Trank, this new drug. The But the the results are the same. It's just it, it's just expanded tenfold since then. Back then when you were, were there, you, you know, these people you would see, they would die. Uh, coming up on a dead body was not uncommon. It, it is going to get worse, isn't it, before... I think this this city council and 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 the county does anything. Well, yeah, you know, uh, look at what L.A.'s dealing with in San Diego, and we're not going to be too far behind them if we don't start doing something for these people and get them help. Uh, now, a lot of people down there, the vast majority, don't want help. Mm-hmm. 
and they've been living like this most of their lives. But there are people down on their luck. I met a doctor. I met a lawyer that was down there living on the street. They had some tough times and, you know, divorce, what have you. And it, they just then they didn't live like they used to live. Those people we were help. We used to have these eight by eleven sheets of paper that were printed on both sides, and and there was a hundred social agencies and city uh, outfits that would help the homeless if all they did was go there or call them or get somebody to take them there. And we'd hand these sheets out. And guess where we would find this paper? All over the area down there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, you, so, can't, you can't help yeah. people who don't want to help themselves. And, and it's, exactly. it's sad. It's sad. Uh, Michael Sheehan, yeah, exactly. retired uh, Phoenix police sergeant who used to patrol the zone in downtown Phoenix. We thank you for sharing you know, what you went through, and we thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for covering it, guys. I appreciate it and listen to you all the time. Thanks so huh? very much. We appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've seen it today. Uh, we went down there. We saw with our own eyes. We saw people using drugs. We saw people muttering to themselves. Uh, I, you know, we saw a few people that it just looked very sad, just sitting on the side of the road. I think there's some many different reasons why they're in that spot. Um, but a lot of it was drugs, and a lot of it was mental illness, and it was just very sad to see. Yeah. And no one is, you know, to say that no one is helping. That encampment is right near a couple of places uh, that can feed them, like Cass and uh, was it Andre's house? You had Andre's house. You had Cass. So that's got, why uh, they're there. It's right on the same you had the, street. That little car that was sitting that we drove by twice. I don't know if you guys noticed it. They were handing out free cell phones. I did not see that. They were handing out free cell phones and tablets. Talk about enabling people. I don't get that. Why no. would they do? I didn't see that. Why did? Yeah. They, why would they do that? I, uh, because it's a you know it's a program. Somebody's got money to spend. They better spend some of this. Uh, money. Is a phone going to help a homeless person get off drugs? No, but it okay, help them. It you know, them. I mean, who knows what they're going to get with it? You know, in California, when you get that, you get Netflix with it. Gosh, isn't that great? Like we're enabling people. Good God! Coming up next. Coming up. How would you feel if your kid went to a a school four days a week, not five? Would you like it? How would it change your life? It's happening in Arizona next. It's the Gatos and Chad show. Uh, hey, you remember the uh, remember the kid in Virginia? The was it a first grader or second grader? Second grader. The teacher's talking too. It was. A, I don't remember if it was the first. I think it was it the was, first grader. It was a first grader thing. It was seven, right? He was six or seven. Six or seven year old uh, had a lot of trouble in school. One day decides I'm going to shoot my teacher and does so. Shot her in the chest. Now remember. This child was searched. Uh, this child actually planned it, uh, wanted to see her burn instead, yeah. couldn't figure out how to do that, Fi- found a way to steal his parents' gun that was locked up, got it into school and shot his teacher in the chest. By the way, that was the first day that mom and dad were not physically at the school with him in class. Yes. Okay, I don't know why they let that kid back into school. She said the look in his eyes was... Pure evil. We got another one. Yeah. Again, this is insane, though. How is this happening, Gatos? When you you know about this kid had agreed to be essentially patted down twice a day at school. So this is in Denver. The the shooter is 17. How many teachers did he shoot today? Two administrators. Goodness gracious. Um, So let's go back to what you said. This student has uh, has a a special pat-down. Every day. Every day. Okay. Well, what happened today? Did you not pat him down? 
Did he hide the gun somewhere? Because he got a gun in the school and then he shot two administrators. Uh, let me just say this. If you've got to pat a kid down shouldn't be in every, school. every day, shouldn't there's no school. doubt about it. Should not be in school. No. Not be in school. No. You're putting every single kid at risk because you think this one kid should still have a shot at school. For one reason or another, if you got to pat him down every day, he doesn't deserve to be there. Yeah. Now, if you think, oh, you're patting him down because he's a klepto, okay, that wasn't this problem here. No. They were worried that he was going to do something, and lo and behold, he, he did. did. Right. This is our shocked face. It's like, okay, the 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 kid, the first grader, you knew this kid was dangerous. He's choking other kids. He's locking the classroom. He threatened he, to kill several students and teachers yeah. long before this. He choked out a teacher. Yeah. And they still let him back in school, and then he shot a teacher. So today... We go to Denver. Well, this kid's getting patted down every day. He's dangerous. What did he do today? Real shocker. He shot people. Yeah. Let's stop letting some of these kids into school. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. So, uh, China. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Uh, the, the love story that is Xi and... and uh, it really is. And the Putin. It is. It well, really is. The it's, romance. It, you, know, you, you got two dictators who are hanging out with each other. Uh, one needs... The well, other one much worse. Oh, wait, let me guess. So you're saying who needs who more? Who needs you, who more? I think Putin needs China more. Absolutely. Yeah. Putin needs China a lot more. The, the here's the weird thing. But you can also you can also China argue needs to say, hey, China needs Russia, who's not real world power anymore. Yeah. To do some dirty work for and us. And also because they have, I think, 86% of their fossil fuels and energy come from outside of their country. China is not the 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 power that people think it is without the money, and that's part uh, partly in us. But them getting Saudi Arabia and Iran back together as friends is huge for a big reason. Eventually, I think the Pooter is going to be more dangerous than ever because he is going to be out of friends. Because I think eventually he's going to become more of an anchor than an oar to the Putin. That I mean, makes him more desperate. That makes him even more desperate. because, yeah. And then you can't hold energy over their heads if you can go to Saudi Arabia and Iran for it. Yeah. When you look at China, the way that they locked their people up for COVID for three years. Yes. We got locked up in our place for a couple weeks. Okay. And I know we didn't go back. I, I, I know the whole story. But in China for three years. Uh, they're spying on us with TikTok. Absolutely. Which, by the way, is a fantastic app. And tomorrow, by the way, TikTok's in front of uh, the person who's running TikTok is in front of the uh, uh, one of the subcommittees. But also fentanyl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're fentanyl. We're not, we don't create fentanyl. No. 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 They do. We may take Very. it. And uh, not many people who are dying are taking it because uh, we saw people do it probably on fentanyl today. Yeah. The people that are dying from it are, are taking a pill that they think is something else. All right. Make sure you're subscribing to the Gatos and Chat Show podcast. Don't miss a show. It's all brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Carol is the buyers.com. All right. Coming up, we got Becky Lynn, 5 o'clock, KTAR News Expansion next. <sighs>